Good morning. This is Dina Marie with a Franciscan moment on Mater Dei Radio. On October 4th, the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, Pope Francis released his latest apostolic exhortation entitled Laudato Deum to all people of goodwill on the climate crisis. As a follow-up to his encyclical letter, Laudato Si, written eight years ago, in this document, the Holy Father shares his heartfelt concerns about the care for our common home. With me today to help us unpack the Holy Father's document and to talk about these issues that impact every human life is Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit. Father Dan, welcome back once again. Well, good to, good to be with you again, and uh, I always enjoy our conversations. They, uh, they tend to do a little bit of a deep dive into some really good subjects. Yes. Well, last time we were talking, we were anticipating the release of this letter, and it has been released. And this is called an apostolic exhortation. The Laudato Si, eight years ago, was a encyclical. So these are different kinds of documents that the Holy Father can present to the people. Uh, we got it on October 4th. It's a little bit lengthy, about 73 paragraphs. And it's specifically, uh, he says that he is particularly wanting to bring about these concerns he has for the current issues we face. Maybe just some of your first initial reactions as you started to look at the document, Laudato Deum. Oh, and this means, let's talk about that, praise God, right? Right, right. And it's in Latin this time. Uh, Laudato Si is, um, that's... uh, dialect Italian, and Laudate Deum is Latin. So it's an apostolic letter, and it's an apostolic letter because he makes very clear it's meant as a supplement to the previous encyclical. So it's it's not to, it's coming in almost as an addendum to what he had previously written to. They're meant to go together, in other words. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, because the, the obviously things are moving quickly on this front, and he wanted to address the quick developments that are coming. Well, and he opens the letter, praise God for all his creatures. This was the message that St. Francis yeah. of Assisi proclaimed in his life, his canticles, and his actions. So there's this thread. Um, where did you find the threads of St. Francis in this kind of part two, uh, Laudato Deum? Well, I think that's exactly it right there in the title itself, Laudate Deum, we're praising God by way of his creatures. You know, the um, in, in, if, you, if you think of uh, going to God as a ladder, the first rung on the ladder is going to be visible creation because it's a book we can read that speaks to us of the creator. And that, that, I think, is a very important distinguishing mark of Pope Francis's ecology that he takes up from St. Francis, which is this ecology is not a nihilistic ecology. Uh, secular ecologists, they tend to be nihilistic, and some of them go so radical as to declare that it's better for human beings not to be on Earth because we pollute it. And so there's a there's a dispensable approach to the human condition, like human beings are dispensable. We can we can dispense with them. And Francis of Assisi would never think that because nihilism says it's better that human beings don't exist 
than that they exist because they pollute the world. So if we weren't here, the world wouldn't be polluted. Well, Francis of Assisi would never say that. And and that's the nihilism at the base of a lot of ecologists today that we can't accept. And it's nothing that Francis ever would accept because for Francis, human beings are images of God in creation. And Christ came to rehabilitate that image so that we approach creation as a ladder leading to God, as opposed to as an end. Like our, our journey ends with creation and we begin to say, this is all there is. And there is no visible world. There is no God. There is no uh, powerful affirmation at, from the creator. It is good that you exist. None of that is there for for uh, a secular kind of nihilistic ecologist. And Pope Francis, that's not the kind of ecology he's peddling here. This is based in the evangelical vision of St. Francis, which is, praise be you, my Lord, praise be to you, Heavenly Father, for all the good that I behold within creation. That's powerful. That's a very powerful affirmation of the good of creation. But it's coming from God's image in creation. And that's each one of us who is so valuable that our Lord died for each one of us. And so we're not expendable. Uh, we're not, we, we don't want to do sort of a widespread population control so that uh, we, we, we somehow rid ourselves of human beings as a way of cleaning up the environment. Well, that doesn't make sense. Right. Well, and it's interesting, Father Dan, that you talk about the image, that we're in the image and likeness of God. Just recently in the gospel message, we we heard that coin, whose image is on the coin? It's Caesar's. And so pay to Caesar what is Caesar's and pay to God what belongs to God. So if we are in that image, we our whole creation is God's. We, we reflect the creator and so have a responsibility to care for that creation. Absolutely. And, and you know, that's one of the reasons why God prohibits us to make images of him because he's already done it in creating us. We're his image already. He's already created an image of himself in creation. And that's men and women created in his image who have this dignity as a result. But see, if we lose sight of the creator, if we lose sight of God, we lose sight of ourselves as well. And therefore, our dignity becomes compromised because we don't see each other as God's image anymore, worthy of honor, reverence, and respect in justice. I'm not even getting to love at this point. I'm just talking about injustice. We owe each other reverence, honor, respect by the simple fact that we are God's image in creation. And that's something that we lose sight of when we lose sight of God. And that begins to bring about a, a lack of an appreciation of oneself and one's own dignity, my neighbor and his and her dignity. And then that begins to then reflect on the whole environment as well. And we start to not appreciate the and value the creation that's around us. Then we start polluting it, misusing it, and see... The grace of our baptism is 
really the remedy for all of that because it restores us to our appreciation of our own value and the value of our neighbor and the value of our common home. And see, this is what Pope Francis is after is in Christ, we have the healing of human nature and our appreciation of the dignity of the human person so that then we begin to honor and respect our home as well, you know. And that becomes very important that we accept that grace of Christ, therefore, to appreciate our value and worth. That's right. Father Dan Petit is with us today as we're just getting a glimpse at the latest apostolic exhortation from Pope Francis released on the Feast of St. Francis in October, Laudato Deum. And how would you describe kind of the spirit or the voice of Pope Francis in this particular document? Overall, I believe he's maintained the hopeful view of Francis overall. I, I, you know, there is that, that there is throughout the document, I, I found at least this affirmation of the good of creation. And, but, but what that has led him to as well, and it did this in Laudato Si, is it also leads him into some dour moments as well, some sad moments, grieving moments. In light of such goodness, look at what we're doing. It's by contrast, though, and what would be possible if we would, if we could just reverse this uh, by way of the grace of Christ. And so there are some other moments in Laudate Deum as well, where the Pope is grieving almost uh, the so- with sorrow, like, look what we're doing. Uh, and, and look what's happening. I mean, this isn't good. And it, and it may even be irreversible, some of it, he says, you know. And uh, so there's an alarm as well in light of the goodness that's there. It's getting kind of twisted. And some of it may even be lost, as he says. Right. Father Dan is with us as we talk about the Holy Father's latest apostolic exhortation. I want to talk a little bit more about how we can really apply this to our own day, our own activities in our own homes. But we're coming up to a break, Father Dan. So hold on and we will continue our conversation in the next half hour. Sounds good. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Father Dan Petit. We've been discussing the latest apostolic exhortation, which is really a part two of the Laudato Si encyclical that came out just about eight years ago, released on the feast day of Pope Francis. And just getting a sense, it's a little bit of a lengthy document, as I mentioned, about 73 paragraphs, lots of footnotes. Uh, but, But Father Dan, actually, the opening of this One thing that caught my attention was that the Holy Father says he wanted to share with us about our suffering planet. My heartfelt concerns about the care for our common home. There's just kind of this aching that comes from his heart that eight years have passed. Now we can scientifically and we can in other ways see what's been going on that's affecting our planet, affecting human life, affecting relationships between this. Who are some of the people that should be hearing uh, this particular message? I think I think all people of goodwill need to hear the message, uh, because if you are of goodwill, I mean, what you are, what what maintains that goodwill is the is willing the good of others than yourself. I mean, that's what the source of goodwill is. And if you have that goodwill, that's why the Holy Father isn't solely appealing to Catholics here, because 
he has to speak to Catholics too, because I mean, Catholics can tank and not have goodwill too, you know, and 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 malice can get in there. And of course, he does mention the Holy Father a couple of times where there can be malicious will and intent when we start to cheapen human life. And that's not exercising goodwill. Um, and he's trying to elevate the conversation to a conversation among people of goodwill, because we need more people of goodwill in the world to maintain and value human life and not cheapen it and think of it as expendable. Um, and one of the things, one of the practical things toward the end that even suggests is, and this is the first since the pontificate of Pope John the 23rd, as far as I know, he was the first to call for this sort of international care for the common good, this international group or person, and it never becomes specified. And Pope Francis is the first one to finally specify that a little bit more since John the 23rd, which was to say that we could have a multilateral world authority that would look after the common good instead of just one person. Because I think, as he mentions with artificial intelligence in Laudate Deum, he does mention it concerns him that we're consolidating so much power into one small group of people with this onslaught of the growth of technology now moving into artificial intelligence. This concerns the Holy Father, too, because it begins to create a world according to the values, not of the living God, but of the technocrats at the core of this engine this that's running this whole thing. And he he's concerned about that, and he calls for this multilateral world body that would look after the common good of us all and not favor just these small groups of people that are the technocrats, you know. Right. And and you mentioned that word, and I noticed that in a few places. In fact, one of the topics, a growing technocratic paradigm, and that's repeated right. over and over in the document. And, and that's not a term that I'm as familiar with, but he really is continuing to bring out this, this presence that is growing and having a, Maybe unpack that terminology, technocratic paradigm, and what he may be referring to. Well, I think, you know, he does actually mention at one point artificial intelligence. In a way, that makes Laudate Deum really forward-looking, because what's coming and what's on the horizon, of course, is what they call AI, or artificial intelligence, which could lead to setting aside men and women in the workplace as unnecessary, which would mean livelihood could be suffering for a lot of people as a result of this technocratic revolution, whereby machines begin to do most of the work. And that means putting men and women out of work. So this is of concern as well with the automation and um, the ones controlling the the advancement of this technology, this artificial intelligence, they're the ones that are going to benefit the most from that, while a large group of people won't, you know. Um, I remember already back, back in 2006, I was teaching at Franciscan University at the time, and 
I was over in Austria at our study abroad program, and we did a tour of a local brewing company. And I remember in the tour, they had all these vats set up, and we went into this one control room of all these computers, and our guide told us he was so proud of the fact that these computers were regulating the brewing process of the entire plant to give us beer. And I remember thinking to myself, I didn't say it out loud, but I remember thinking to myself, I wonder how many people were put out of work because of this advancement in technology. And I, it was somewhat sobering. And I think the technocratic paradigm that is coming that the Pope is concerned about, I think, is just that. It, it, it doesn't really think of men and women who need jobs to have livelihood. It just continues to progress regardless of how it affects other people. And that is of concern to the Holy Father when he talks about this technocratic paradigm that could end up harming people and what are going to be the ethics of this technocratic culture that we're coming into? What, are, what, what is God going to enter into that? Well, you know, that's a serious question. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of discussion at the close of this document, Father Dan. In fact, one of the highlights, the spiritual motivations in the light of faith. So then all of these different scientific um, presentations are in the document. And then he kind of comes back into filtering it through the lens of faith again. And then this yeah. is for the people of faith that, that people of faith of any faith are going to have a caring for that. Our faith is going to lead us to a proper way of, of interacting with each other, but with the environment that we've been provided, give us a little bit of practical hands-on because this can be a hard to approach for people to just digest this document, but then, okay, how do I apply this to my work, my family, the things that I'm doing in my own community? Well, I think the faith, what it delivers to us first and fun most fundamentally is we are loved. You know, uh, if you go through all the Gospels, you, you will never find in any of the Gospels the words, I love you, on the lips of Jesus. And the reason for that is simple. God didn't come among us in Christ to talk about his love for us. He came and proved his love for us, especially on Good Friday, because God is love. He proves his love to us. And see, our faith allows us to access and receive that great love God has for us. Well, there's no machine, however advanced, that will ever be able to love. There's no machine. It becomes a, a very cold, technocratic, calculating world. And see, love, if you look at it on Calvary, there's, there's no calculation there. He's pouring everything out down to the last drops of blood and water in his body there's no calculation there, but there's only calculation in a technocratic paradigm. And there's no love. It's a cold world. And it's like, well, gee, faith really does give us something very important. And it delivers us over to this loving God from whom we're to learn how to treat one another in love. 
Well, and I think for those who have, and there's been so many study groups over the last eight years that have unpacked Laudato Si, now here's part two, those groups can come back together and start to go paragraph by paragraph and unpack. But I just want to read the last line because it really kind of sums up what you're saying. And and Pope Francis writes, praise God, which is the title of this, um, this letter, for when human beings claim to take God's place, they become their own worst enemies. That's his final message. That's powerful. That is wow. powerful. And, and, and without love, you're not seeking the good of others. But no, we end up destroying each other then. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Right, right. Well, and I encourage people, I know it's very easy to download the document. The PDF is available through the Vatican website. We have access to it. So I, it is worth our read and, and prayer. I think as we're praying for peace in the world right now, particularly the Holy Land and Ukraine, always, uh, we need to pray for peace because that's when we'll make these decisions that will again uh, honor our creator and worship him as we should. So Father Dan, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today. We'll have more to unpack in our next discussion. Would you help us close with your prayer and blessing? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending us your Son, Jesus, and putting a face on your great love to us. We pray forever an increase in our faith and confidence in that love that we may learn to receive it and in turn share it with one another. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. May the blessed body of God descend upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed day. Thanks. You too, Dean Marie. Good to see you.